Peace Pursuits. Episode 2 Tokyo, the secret notebook of Omote Sando. BIRO, the Bureau of Investigation and Research of Objects that is part of the House of Hermes, has just welcomed a new recruit. 29-year-old Penelope, who has a PhD in art history, has joined the ranks of a small team of people who travel the world in search of unique, mysterious objects that are linked to the history of the house. Here is one of her most recent adventures. Somewhere in France, at the back of one of the drawers of an old writing desk sitting in an antique store, a man finds a bundle of objects including a Hermes notebook. Judging by its patina, he understands that this piece has been through many seasons. Better still, the notebook seems to have been repaired a number of times in a unique, subtle way, showing its alterations a rather unusual skill. This man, who is more and more intrigued by the object, chooses to buy it. With a specific idea in mind, he plans to show it to his friend, the curator of the Hermes Museum and director of cultural heritage at Hermes, Menou de Baselaire. 48 hours later, Menou de Baselaire discovers the precious notebook, carefully wrapped up, sitting on her desk. She unwraps the brown paper, strokes its thick, time-aged leather binding and starts to leave through it. Then she dials the number of the friend who sent her this mysterious object. Hello? Yes, Manu speaking. I received the notebook. Thank you. It does indeed seem very old. Yes, I agree. The visible reparation where you can see the mark on the leather is quite unique. You are right to send it to me. I'm going to try and find out who it belongs to. Its owner seems to be a real expert and quite attached to our house. Anyway, thank you and talk to you later. It was a pleasure to hear from you. Menu pours herself a cup of her favorite tea and leaves through the notebook, whose pages seem to be written in some sort of mysterious code. Certain words stand out here and there. She manages to decipher some of them in Japanese, then in ancient Greek. A specific page stops her in her tracks. Well, I never... This is very mysterious. Hello, Bureau of Investigation and Research of Objects. Penelope speaking. How may I help you? Ah, my dear Penelope. I'm so glad to have found you here. It's Manu. Listen, I have in my possession a mysterious and deeply intriguing Hermes notebook. Its owner seems to have a very strong relationship to our house. I would need you to help me decode it and find its owner. Of course, Madame de Basler, with pleasure. Oh, please. I've already told you to call me Manu. I'll send it to you. You will have it within the hour. Exactly 32 minutes later, the notebook enters the BIRO offices in Pantin. 
It's now on Penelope's desk. It's actually the only item on it. Penelope, who arrived two weeks earlier, hasn't really had the time to get her bearings. She immediately grabs the notebook and starts to read the message written by Menou de Bazelaire that is attached to it. Mm, so let's read this. Mm. Dear Penelope, the more I think about it, the more this notebook seems mysterious. As I was telling you on the phone, its language is coded. Its scratch, which was repaired in such a unique way, makes me think of Japanese methods. I believe I can recognize their cleverness. Another detail caught my attention and strengthens my intuition. A small sketch on one of the last pages. An upside-down tree. I spent all night thinking about it. I had already seen this drawing. And indeed, I checked my archives this morning. It was a drawing done by Jean-Louis Dumas about 20 years ago, when the house embarked on an incredible adventure, the creation and opening of the Ginza house. At the time, he was collaborating with René Dumas from the RDAI agency and architect Renzo Piano as a symbol of what this building created by Renzo Piano meant to him, Jean-Louis Dumas had drawn this little sketch, an upside-down tree, during a meeting. He had added, after all, this building has roots in the sky. This house, Hermes' first owned store in Japan, was Jean-Louis Dumas' long-standing dream. It finally opened in 2001. What an incredible adventure. And the sketch was saved. The strange thing is this notebook doesn't seem to be from that time. It's a lot older. I think we have to hunt down its owner. I feel like he or she is closely linked to the story of the house. Good luck. Best wishes. Manu. P.S. Of course, feel free to do your own thing. Hi, Ulysses, it's Penelope. Yes, fine and you. Well, something came up at work. I'm leaving for Tokyo. No, I don't know when I'll get home. We'll talk when I get back, okay? Yeah, mm, me too. Okay, Tokyo, here I am. I'm so happy. All right, calm down, Penelope. First, you need to find a taxi. Ah, they're over there. You have two new messages. Today, at 2.07 p.m. Penelope, it's Manu. I wanted to wish you good luck and to tell you that I went ahead and gave your number to two friends who live in Tokyo. David Marks and Mariko Azabuki. They are both writers, and I think they could help you, or at least make you discover life in Tokyo. In my case, I have a lot of great memories of this city. Call me if you need me. 
I'd be there. New message. Today, at 4.43 p.m. Hey, Penelope, it's David. Manu gave me your number, and I just heard the wonderful news you're in Tokyo. If you have time, I'd love to take you around Amotisando. It's the high fashion district, maybe the largest neighborhood dedicated to fashion and design anywhere in the world. And it's the area that made me fall in love with Tokyo more than 20 years ago. Now, Motsando is home to the most avant-garde international designer brands. Uh, and then the Urahara-Juka back streets around the corner are the birthplace of the most famous Japanese streetwear brands. And I forgot if I told you, Penelo, but about 20 years ago, I used to wait in line three hours just to buy t-shirts there. I just heard there's an Hermes store opening. I haven't been by, so we could go together if you've got time. We could then have lunch at Maisen, one of Japan's most famous restaurants for tonkatsu, which is breaded pork cutlet with a special sauce you put on top. It's one of my favorites. So call me back and see you soon. Hmm. All right, David. All this sounds very nice. We might go taste those pork cutlets in the Omotisando streets. But first things first, I have an investigation to lead. Taxi! While Penelope and her taxi dash off through the streets of Tokyo, let's go over the facts. Hermes and Japan have a long history. Prince Khan In enlisted the services of the Faubourg Artisans. As Commander-in-Chief of the Imperial Guard, His Highness first ordered a made-to-measure harness for his favorite horse. Following this, Hermes supplied the entire Imperial House with saddlery. A couple of decades later, Jean-Louis Dumas fell in love with Japan. But <laughs> let's get back to Penelope. Here she is in the Ginza neighborhood. The car slows down, and then, on a street corner, the Ginza house appears. I don't know about you, but that building always gives me chills. It is made of over 13,000 polished glass tiles, measuring 45 by 45 centimeters and crafted by an artisan in Florence. Conceived by Renzo Piano in collaboration with Jean-Louis Dumas, it is a real feat of architecture. Its construction was quite an adventure. It has 11 floors and it houses the store, of course, but also a movie theater, an exhibition space, and offices. In the basement, you will find a repair workshop where 10 artisans, including six French leather craftsmen, work all year long. This workshop is what Ara character is here to see. Let's follow her. Listen closely. She's deep in conversation with the workshop manager. Japan has a real tradition around repairing which is different and a lot more meaningful than in the West. Here, restoring an object to its exact previous state isn't what matters. What's important to us is that there is still a trace of the scratches on the skin, while at the same time being completely repaired. Like the object you brought me, if I'm correct. Yes, absolutely. Here you go. Well, well. Well, well? Has something surprised you? I'm more than surprised, actually. I was the one who repaired this notebook when I arrived in Japan about 30 years ago. <gasps> That's amazing! What can you tell me about the owner of this notebook? Do you remember who he or she was? Unfortunately, I can't remember his name. It was a long time ago, but I remember it was a client and that it seemed to be a matter of importance to him. He even came to thank me. 
an old man but very elegant, a Tokyo native who seemed to have travelled a lot. Yes, he had kind, attentive eyes. But how old was he? Do you know where he lived? Mademoiselle, he must be long gone by now. It can't be any other way. He was already very old at the time. I'm sorry. But no, in the notebook there is a sketch of the Ginza store which opened in 2001. Are you sure? That doesn't seem possible. Well, there's also a coded language I can't seem to understand. I need to find his trace. You really have no idea where he lived? Would it be impossible to find him? I don't know, maybe by looking through the archives. I don't really know why, but I'm thinking of Omotesando. But I can't be sure. Also, the neighborhood has changed a lot in three decades. That's where our new store is about to open, as you may know. Maybe you'll find more information over there. Denis Montel, the interior designer who worked on the Omotesando project, should still be there. Contact him. He could probably tell you more about the neighborhood. You'll see. Omotesando has a rich history. Great. Thank you, madam. That's what I'll do. I'll go straight there. Hello, Mariko. My name is Penelope. I've just arrived in Tokyo. Menu de Basler gave me your number and told me to call you. How have you been? I've not had a minute to myself since I arrived, but let's try to meet up tomorrow. Until then, maybe you can help me. I'm looking for information on the Omote Sando neighborhood. I believe Menu told me that's where you lived. It could help my investigation. Thank you so much. Speak soon. The car crosses the quiet streets of Tokyo, then takes the tree-lined Omotesando Avenue leading to the new Hermes store. This neighborhood, which was entirely renovated for the 1964 Olympic Games, used to house artist workshops and galleries before gaining international recognition in the last couple of years. Spectacular buildings erected by world-famous architects started to appear along the vast avenues. But with its unique network of alleyways, its little houses transformed into restaurants and underground boutiques, Omotesando is still full of contrast and surprises. The younger generation noticed this and started to patronize the area. Every day, you'll see a cluster of uses glued to the store windows of the trendy Cat Street on the lookout for vintage finds. But for the time being, Penelope only has one wish, to sit down and pose for a moment. She stops at Sasya Kanitanaka, a tea house David told her about. In this pared-back, zen space, sitting opposite a large bay window with a view of a Japanese garden, she suddenly realizes that she is at the other side of the world and feels incredibly happy. Her phone vibrates and brings her back to her mission. Hi Penelope, how are you? It's Mariko Asabuki. I'm ringing because you said you're heading to Tokyo. I live near Omotesando now, and I really wish we could have met up today. Anyway, I thought I'll tell you a bit about the area. Nowadays, Omotesando is well known as a fashionable district. But in the Edo era, it was quiet and peaceful. 
Omoto Sando is the boulevard leading up to Meiji Jingu that was created by digging through a small hill in 1920. I expect you remember the dark gray stone wall that's part of the Aramis Omoto Sando store facade. It's a vestige of the containing wall against landslips that was built when the boulevard to the shrine was excavated. During the Second World War, Omoto Sando was badly bombed. Lots of houses and trees were burned down, but the stone wall and one Japanese snow covert tree survived the flames. That tree is still there, next to the Omote Sando police box. If you get a chance, see how much thicker its trunk is than the other trees. Its thick roots are truly majestic as well. I'm sure you find it. I hope you enjoy your visit to Omote Sando, Penelope, and get a sense of its history. Bye for now. After a short five minute walk, Penelope thinks she recognizes the stone wall Mariko told her about. This is it. Here is the new Hermes store. There is a man stationed at the entrance. He seems to be waiting. He walks towards her. Hello, Penelope, is that you? Yes. Hello, Mr. Montel. Call me Denis, please. Denis. Thank you for taking the time to see me. This place is beautiful. Thank you very much. Come with me, I will show you around. I'd love that. The outside of the building is truly stunning. Is this bamboo? Well, yes. It's as if we wrapped the existing building with a wall of imaginary bamboo poles entirely made of copper-colored metals. We wanted to invite nature right in the heart of Tokyo, in quite a dense neighborhood that still has a lot of greenery. It was a challenge to maintain this unique architecture, which is why we got the idea of inviting nature to dress up and cover the building. Come with me, let's go in. When we were outside, you saw the imaginary bamboo poles. But in fact, the natural inspiration continues inside. We wanted it to spread out. The shapes are organic. The walls are covered in wood. The staircase looks like a tree. It leads up to the upper level. But tell me, the Ginza store told me you were on the hunt for a notebook. Yes. A friend of Menoud Basler came across a notebook that seems to be strongly linked to the house. That's truly what I enjoy about my job. All these objects tell the story of the house in their own way. All these different paths shed a new light. That's why I find myself here in Tokyo on the hunt for its owner who apparently used to live in the neighborhood. But everything seems to have changed so much. Yes, the neighborhood has been transformed, but it's still full of contrast. We think of Omotesando as an area with busy main avenue. Actually, it's a very dense and vibrant neighborhood with many tiny streets. I love to walk around and lose my way. But wait, I have an idea. I may know someone who could help you. Could I borrow this from you until tomorrow morning? I'll take care of it, I promise. All right, I'll leave it with you. But can you tell me a bit more? Not yet, but come back tomorrow. I will probably have something for you.
Menu was right. Life in Tokyo was exhausting. After a good night's sleep, Penelope felt revived. The next day, still tracing back the story of the mysterious notebook, she returned to the Omotesando store. Hello, my name is Penelope. I'm looking for Denis Montel. Good morning, mademoiselle. Mr. Montel had to leave, but he left something for you. Here you go. Ah, um, thank you. Hello, Penelope. I'm sorry I couldn't see you again. I had to leave in a hurry. But I kept my promise. Yesterday, I went to see Mr. Hashimoto, one of the first Japanese employees to work for Hermes in the 1960s. He immediately knew who the notebook belonged to. He was even quite moved because he knew the owner personally, or rather, the owner's family. This notebook was passed down from generation to generation, which each family member, learning the code language, invented by the great-grandfather. Its last known owner was the granddaughter of the man you were told about at the Ginza workshop. She was the first woman who was ever allowed to write in this notebook. We don't know where she is or what she has become. She left Japan for France when she was in her 30s, in the 90s. She greatly valued her freedom and never had any children. Maybe her belongings were sold at an auction or to an antique dealer. From what my contact told me, she used to come back to Japan every year, each time during the summer for Ancestors' Day. Regarding her notebook, we think she's so unlike the Ginza building, which at night looks like a magical lantern. The Renzo piano sketch she copied, maybe she wanted to pass it on to her family. That I don't know. About the code language, no one understands it, and in 2001, we lose trace of this woman. One last thing. While he was looking through the notebook, Mr. Hashimoto used the word I couldn't understand. Nagori. Maybe it can help you. See you soon, I hope. Denis. A navigation of a transparent building in a code language. I like that. And this notebook, belonging both to living people and to ghosts. After leaving the store, Penelope found herself in the bustling Omotesando crowd. She followed the flow of people passing through this animated neighborhood and promptly came across the restaurant David had told her about. He was right. The tonkatsu was excellent, the best she'd ever had. Back at the hotel, Penelope had done a bit of research. She then enjoyed watching the sunset over the city. Night falls early in Tokyo. After reading her email to Menu one last time, she pressed send with a feeling of pride. Mission accomplished. Once her report was sent off, Penelope felt a sudden emptiness. She then realized there was someone else she wanted to talk to. Hello. You reached Ulysses' answering machine, but I'm away from my phone. Leave me a message and I'll call you back, if I remember. Hey, Ulysses. I hope all is good. I know I've not been keeping you updated, but... Well, you know, I've had a lot of work. You must still be sleeping. It's already 6 p.m. here and my investigation is coming to an end. 
Have you heard of the word naguri? I've just discovered it. In Japanese, it means nostalgia for separation, and particularly nostalgia for the season that you let go with regret. It can literally be translated as the trace of the waves. You can use it to talk about fruit and vegetables. The taste of naguri announces the end of their season until the following year. But it can also symbolize the trace, the presence of something past, of something that no longer is. It's beautiful. You see, it can also mean what is left, what stays in the world and replaces what is lost. I think that might be the true meaning of this little notebook that transported me to the other side of the world. Sometimes a tiny object can tell great stories. All right, I'll stop now. This message is already far too long and I have to call Manu. Speak to you later. Bye. Hello, Manu. It's Penelope. Did I wake you? Ah, Penelope. Not at all. I've just arrived at Fubu. But tell me, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Are you enjoying Tokyo? Yes, a lot. I have a lot of things to tell you about our notebook. I've sent you my report by email, and I hope to give you the details in person very soon. Very good. I'll take a look. I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. Jump on the first flight tomorrow and come to see me at Faubourg. I have another mission for you. <laughs> <laughs>